episode 16 of the DNC podcast. It's the Friday edition. We are back. Dust, how are we doing? Great, man. We got the long weekend. So I think after recording the pod today, I'm going to go on a hike with the boys, maybe go over to my parents for a nice little swim. So whenever you get a Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, even with Corona, you have to take full advantage of it. And, and you forgot. You were like telling me today you completely forgot for the extended weekend. And I'm just like, how do you forget when you're off work? But I feel like with COVID, everything's just blending together. So you like forget what holidays are actually coming up. Like I genuinely forget sometimes like what day of the week it is, sometimes what month it is. It just feels like you're just in this complete time warp. Yeah, I always know what Monday is, obviously, because like, you know, you have Sunday, you know, you have work the next day. And then by Friday, like everyone, you know, is talking about, hey, what are you doing this weekend? But for me, I completely forgot we had off Friday. And so like, I'm going through my stuff this morning. and I'm like, dang, it's really, really busy. Like, what's going on? Did something happen? And then everyone's like, well, we have tomorrow off. And I'm like, oh, we do. Do you feel like COVID has caused like your team to check out like earlier in the week than they normally would if you were in the office? It's honestly the exact opposite. I was telling someone about it. Actually, I was getting- So productivity's going up. It was, it's awesome. It's like, in some ways, like there's n- there's none of that water cooler talk, which that's actually a really fun part of work. So I miss that. But when we look at productivity, everything we do, um, like metric wise, like everything you do, there's some type of record of it. So whether it's like a call, email, different things like that. And so we've actually noticed our staff's gotten a lot more productive being at home. And so for a lot of people, they're actually gonna be able to work from home after um, even things kind of somewhat go back to normal, which would be kind of fun. Yeah, I think Bill Gates, I think Microsoft tried something in Europe recently before COVID happened where they were rolling out a four day work week and they saw productivity like shoot through the roof. So I don't know. I feel like in our culture now, it's going to be super acceptable to work four days a week. People are going to work from home far more than they ever have before due to this whole situation. So it's going to be interesting, but uh, we'll stop talking about this. And coming up on the podcast today, it's going to be jam-packed with a bunch of entertainment and fun. We're going to get into why we believe that Major League Baseball 60-game season is going to be wildly different than anything you've ever watched from Major League Baseball. And we're also going to talk about two video games. And that's Madden and NBA 2K. NBA 2K just released um, a few of their covers. So we'll get into a little bit of that debate. But we're going to be introducing a new segment that we're going to kick off every show with. And this is honestly going to be the last time that we announce what this segment means. Um, So if you are listening to a podcast later and you hear this, you should understand what it is. But if not, just come back to episode 16 and uh, you'll hear the description. But essentially, Dustin and I are going to be giving you a pick of the week. And it's going to really be mainly sports related, but it could be anything. So it's just going to be something that we decide to talk about. Uh, it could be in culture. It could be in sports. And we're just going to debate and talk about it. So um, so my pick of the week is I'm going to kick this thing off. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about James Dolan. So this week, it, it, a lot of information came out about the 2010. Greatest owner in NBA history, James Dolan. By far the worst, 100%. Like should not own an NBA team shouldn't own any sports franchise. And so this week on the Ringer or on, on the Ringer network, the Bill Simmons podcast, he was talking about the free agency in 2010 when we all remember the decision took place where LeBron ended up taking his talents to South Beach. For the record, pl- I was always a big fan of the decision. Like I actually really liked it. I get it got it's gotten so much like negative kickback over the years but i actually really liked it i never had an issue with it honestly it's so funny nowadays like anybody any i watched this recruit this five-star defensive end signed with alabama yesterday and he said i'm taking my talents to alabama like this thing's been 
it's run its course through society and culture now. Like everybody says I'm taking my talents to wherever. So it if I ever make it big, I'm for sure using that line. Like I'm going to go up to like, you know, I'm gonna be like, Hey, I'm taking my talents to blah, 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 blah. Like if you're good enough to say that, like go for it, man. It's an all time saying it's, it's worthy enough of being on the same level as like a movie saying. And so anyway, LeBron ends up going to Miami. They win two championships but before all that took place, really nobody knew where he was going to go. And obviously the Cleveland wanted him to stay. They were completely convinced that there was no way he could leave his home state. And he did. But the team that had a chance to get him were the New York Knicks. They were number one on his list. Number one. And I think about James Dolan and how badly they butchered this entire recruiting meeting with LeBron. Like all you had to do was not mess it up and you genuinely were going to get, it was a shoe in that you were going to get the greatest basketball player in the NBA in his prime. Yet they couldn't even do that. And I feel like the Knicks brand, here's what's odd to me. A lot of people look at the Knicks as this huge basketball brand. But if you look at their history, like they haven't won a title since 73. So they only have two championships. I, th- I was thinking about another team today, like the Houston Rockets have won two titles, but like we don't look at the Houston Rockets in the same, in the same airspace as, as the Knicks. I but, think it's New York. I think when you look no, at that's it, what I'm, that's what I was, that's what I'm saying. They, it's, it's a hundred percent. It's geography. It's where they are. Um, that has to do with their brand. And so, but if you think about like even our generation, and the generation below us, they don't know a time where the Knicks were relevant, like or where they were good. And so to me, the fact that they still feel like, well, we're the Knicks and you should sign with us and we don't have to put in any effort to sign the greatest basketball player in the game was just asinine. Like it the like here's here's some of the most ridiculous stuff I've ever heard. Okay. So so apparently James Nolan was, or sorry, James Dolan was, he had a band, okay, who he basically bought his way into opening up for the Eagles. He's like a huge Eagles fan. And he handed out, this is not a lie. I wish I was lying. He handed out his CDs from his band during these recruiting meetings. Like, I don't get that. Like, who can, like, you think LeBron's going to listen to like classic rock? Like, you're, you're, like maybe if you were the Eagles, I don't know, but you're just some like garage band and you're passing out CDs and then you have like the audacity to bring on like the Sopranos cast. Like what relevance does that have to basketball? I've, I have no idea. Like this was, this has to be, this has to easily be the biggest strikeout of any recruitment in sports history, not just in the NBA or pro sports, in sports history. And even if you don't want to like make it just about basketball, like one of the things that Lakers have done historically, and it it's worked to to lesser degrees. I mean, LeBron was going to come to LA regardless of how the meeting went. Everyone wants to give Magic Johnson all this credit, but like LeBron wanted to be in LA, like that that's the reality. And I think you know the history of the Lakers is the reason he chose the Lakers over the Clippers. But if you're the Knicks, like you can even talk about like 
just the New York life and what that can do for your brand. And there's other things you can talk about because at some level, you really can't even talk about basketball when you're the owner of the Knicks because you've been somewhat irrelevant from a basketball standpoint for the past 15 years. For being a bad team, they do have one of the swaggiest uniforms in the NBA. They have the cleanest uniforms. The cleanest. So clean. And so it's like, Say less. Just be like, here's our uniform. Here's what you look in our uniform. You're playing in Madison Square Garden 40, you know, 41 nights of the year. Like that, 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 there's your pitch. That's all you have to do. Another funny thing that I actually heard was I guess the Nets meeting was right before the Knicks. And supposedly Jay Z like purposely went over 30 minutes and walked past Dolan and all those people and like gave them a little wave. And you know, like LeBron's, Jay Z's boy, like they're boys. And so it's like, you have to know, hey, LeBron just met with Jay-Z, who's like one of his guys. We have to like blow him out of the water now because he would probably really enjoy that meeting. Whether he liked the Nets or not, he still was meeting with a guy he really liked, really respected, especially from a business standpoint. That meeting was probably really catered towards, hey, if you come play for the Nets, I can help you with your brand. Um LeBron obviously has the um, the agency, and that's something Jay-Z did for a while. So like, there's all this business stuff they could have talked about about and then you're gonna follow that meeting by being like yo i was in some rock band here's my cd dog come sign with the knicks yeah and i thought this was cool too so 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 dolan said this literally in a press conference where he mumbled and he said i i'm by no means an expert in basketball and we obviously know that i mean the fruits there that he knows nothing about the game of basketball acquiring talent putting a team together i mean he hired phil jackson that was a complete disaster he hired um Derek Fisher is the head coach. That was a disaster. He's now they're interested in Jason Kidd. So it's like, I, I just, when you have a guy like Kevin Durant say that the Knicks aren't cool anymore and I'm going to go sign with the Nets who have never won anything, that to me is, you don't need to say anything else. That's the mic drop. Like, I'm going to go play for the Nets in Brooklyn. They have a new arena. So it's like, it's nice. It's, it's a fun, vibrant city. But at the same time, you're not in Madison Square Garden. So the fact that they would opt out of that opportunity when if him and Kyrie went to the Knicks, like they're going to be just as much of a contender in New York as they are in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn. So it's like, it's not going to change that dynamic, but I just, it blows my mind that you're in the Mecca of sports. You're in the big apple. You're in, everybody wants to go to New York and you just have to not fail. Like you're set up for success. Like New Orleans has to draft a guy like Zion. He's that they're never going to get Zion. So I don't know. I, I just, it, it frustrates me that it would be like a dream of mine for real to own a sports franchise. And the fact that somebody like this gets to own a sports franchise, not just a franchise, but in New York and the Knicks. And so I, they could be irrelevant for the next 20 years. I actually think that Kevin Durant, like now that you mentioned it, I wasn't even thinking about it, but the Kevin Durant, Kyrie, like, that mess up that's almost worse than the LeBron one because it's like yeah you get LeBron and I don't remember if they had Stoudemire at the time or if they traded for him after it but you still would have needed more pieces especially if like Bosch goes to Miami and they get another guy so they may not have necessarily been a contender where if you get Kyrie and Durant you're the best team in the east regardless of every other play on your roster and I don't even think they met with them like it's absolutely crazy well and they got RJ Barrett so it was like well I think it was there was like this meme going like viral on the internet of like last last season's off season of the Knicks getting, they were supposed to be a shoe in for the number one pick and they still didn't even get the number one pick. 
And then it was like a picture of Zion in a Knicks jersey with KD and Kyrie, and like they didn't get any of them. <laughs> and so I think the get- pick was like uh, it was like RJ Barrett, and then like Julius Randle, and then Bobby Portis, something like that. It was they like- signed like all forwards last year. I don't know. It, yeah. They have no idea what they're doing. So Phil Jackson got paid though, so he got sixty million dollars to really be average. But it's like I, I'm looking at the Knicks and like how irrelevant they've been. So like. For the last like seven years, they didn't even make the playoffs. And then they had like a three-year stretch when they got when they had Melo and Stoudemire where they made the playoffs, but they never they only got to the second round once. And then and then before that though, they didn't make the playoffs again for like five years. So they've just been truly irrelevant for two plus decades. And I I don't get it. Like it makes no sense. Like you have every resource. Anyway, I'll get off my rocker. No, you're good, man. My favorite thing actually during the Mellow Amari turn like time was I think there was a playoff series where they lost and Amari like punched a glass where like, it was like a fire extinguisher and like cut up his hand and it was like their best chance to actually advance in the Eastern Conference and he missed the rest of the playoffs because he punched glass after a loss. Have you heard that weird thing like Amari bathes in wine? No, I haven't. What is it? Yeah, he like bathes in wine. Like legit, oh, like, like he'll make a wine bath. I don't know, man. I feel like Adley's have like the weirdest stuff. I remember Moises Alou. Um, he was, he, he played for the Cubs and his, he played for a lot of teams, but most notably when the Cubs lost, when that, uh, Bartman game happened where the, the guy, the fan like leaned over oh, and yeah, yeah. caught the ball. So Moises Alou is the guy that was trying to catch that ball. So he used to pee on his hands before every game. I don't know. Super weird, but nonetheless, Dustin, what's your pick of the week? So I actually had one like completely prepped out. I was going to talk about Jamal Adams keeping it in New York and the saga going on with the Jets and just New York the, just having a rough time. The idiot odyssey there. But I was actually on Instagram this morning and I I'm going to start off this by saying like I'm a huge LeBron guy. The first basketball game I ever remember watching was Game Five, 2006 playoffs, Cavs. Uh, Pistons where I think he scored or assisted on like 25 straight points. So I'm a huge LeBron guy, grew up in an area where everybody was Kobe guys and I was the the, the solo LeBron guy. But LeBron's getting to a point now and, and a lot of it's just like social media where I feel like he's killing himself. Like we talked about the Space Jam 2 a few, a few weeks ago and like that's not going to help your legacy. But so I'm on Instagram today and I go to his story and I, I literally started dying. He has a post at the Lakers practice facility at 8.05, right? Like when every human being in the world is working because that's when people start work saying early bird gets the worm, like early gym sesh. And I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? Early gym sesh. It's 8 a.m. Like everybody's working. That's what you get paid millions of dollars to do is play basketball. Are you going to be there from 8 to 5 like the rest of the U.S. that's working and making uh, 1-100th of what you're making? Like, It's one thing if you're going to be Kobe. I think my favorite Kobe story of all time was O.J. Mayo, uh, who played at USC and then played for the Grizzlies and was super, super highly recruited. He just never really turned out. He had this famous story where he went to a Kobe camp, a camp that Kobe was hosting. He's like, hey, Kobe, can we work out together? It was like right before we went to USC. And Kobe's like, yeah, I'll pick you up at 3. And OJ May was like, cool, yeah, uh, like this afternoon or tomorrow. And Kobe's like, no, like 3 a.m. And OJ May was like, oh, okay. And Kobe had this very He like famous, showed up like, to the gym and everything. Yeah, and Kobe wasn't yeah. there. 
Yeah, like Kobe had this very famous regiment, and I've heard multiple quotes um, where he would say, like, hey, I worked out at 3 or 4 a.m. because when that fire wasn't there anymore, that's when I knew, hey, I need to, I need to, you know, there's no reason walk to lace away. it up anymore. I need to walk away if I'm not willing to put in that work. And so it's like everybody knows that about Kobe. You're now a Laker, and you're going to literally brag about practicing at 8 o'clock in the morning. It killed me. Like, I'm like, dude, just stop. Just stop. Like, go win a chip this year, and then you'll be what four for seventy-five. Well, and here's what makes here's what makes Kobe all time is like he would have never posted about that. Like Kobe would have just been in the gym getting the work in. Michael would have done the same thing. So it's like, why do you need to post about that? Like LeBron, we get that you're the greatest basketball player in the world, arguably ever. That's a for a whole other debate. But you don't need to post that you're getting in the gym and it's not even early to begin with. And then you're bragging because you're the only guy in there as if like, look at me, I'm grinding, I'm hustling, I'm putting in the and work. Like, I think you have to be the only guy in there with the COVID restrictions. Like it's not even that like you're <laughs> working like, harder than people. Like you literally it's, you can't, otherwise like your your players can't go to Orlando. <laughs> so I, I don't really understand his whole thought process. I've always felt like LeBron needed the attention. Like he needs the affirmation of people. That's why MJ's mentality of like, I'm going to win at all costs and I don't care what happens with friendships. Like I'll tarnish everything. Like I'll burn every single bridge to win. Whereas LeBron's like, I want to be friends with everybody. And if I win a championship, great. But like, I want to be beloved by like everybody. And so, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just think, why do you need to, why do you need to brag about something that's not even worthy of bragging? Like LeBron, just go, just get back in the lab and do your thing. Like don't post that early bird gets the worm when actually it's funny. I don't know if you know this, but they've now figured out that that actually doesn't even it's not true. So like early bird gets the worm is not actually a true There's statement. so many of those old sayings that like people say and then like all I've been saying at times and I'll think about it and I'll be like, yo, this doesn't make any sense at all. Like yeah, absolutely like, no sense. Yeah. Like, so what they found out was it, it, what matters is like your rhythm. So whatever hours you're up and working, it matters how well you're in rhythm or in tune with like what you need to do within that period of time. Not like just getting up at 4am to get up at 4am. Like just cause you get up at 4am doesn't mean you're like grinding. Like, cause I know if I got up at 4am, like I'd pass out within like 30 minutes. Like I'm not an early person. Like I can get up at like seven, but like four, like the fact that Kobe was doing that. I mean, I guess you're getting paid millions of dollars to play a game. You have nothing else to worry about, but I don't know. I just, 4am, I, I like legit feel like a zombie. I think for the, the funny thing is like for average people, we're comparing you to like Kobe and MJ. And there's a reason there are, there's a Kobe and an MJ. They're not normal. Like they just... They're just Not different than everyone else. I've always thought the biggest problem LeBron's had, I actually remember, like, I think it was when he lost the, the finals of the Mavericks and someone was like, hey, does it bug you that people talk bad about you? He's like, no, because I'm rich and they're not. Like, it was a really, really bad second Yikes. I remember he had. Um, if you put that in 2020, always, people would freak out. But it's like, he, he wants people to love him and have that cult following that MJ and Kobe had. And I just think he's not going to have it. And so I think at some point it's like, Stop trying to get people to like you because the more needy you are and the more attention-seeking you are, it actually turns people away from you. Just do your thing, play ball. There's going to be people that love you. There's going to be people that hate you, but at least everyone's going to respect you because when you do stuff like this, it's honestly kind of comical. So we've all heard that diamonds are made under pressure. And in Major League Baseball for the 2020 season, we're going to find out what team can really perform under pressure because... Major League Baseball is going into a 60-game season, which is going to be intense. 
And I think it's going to be great. I, I hope that at the end of this season, they look at how this season played out, the different dynamics, not in not incorporating the COVID stuff. Like I don't want them to not be able to choose sunflower season dip and spit and like cuss at an umpire from two feet away. But I think there's going to be a lot of cool things that come out of this because unless you're an absolute diehard baseball fan, you're probably not going to watch 162 games. So you're, you're condensing the season to 60 games and it's absolutely going to change the game. Like I look at a lot of the standings last year through 60 games. So like, for example, in the AL East, you had the New York Yankees and Tampa Bay Rays. Yankees finished 38 and 22 through 60 games and the Tampa Bay Rays were 37 and 23 through 60 games. So they're only a game behind. Um, it's just going to absolutely amplify everything because you're going to have to focus on your pitching staff on a whole new level. You're going to focus on your rotational players a whole, on a whole other level. It's going to change how you run, meaning how you're going to approach stealing bags and how aggressive you're going to be with certain things like that. And I think it's going to shed a lot of light on what managers are great situationally and which ones hide behind the talent that they have on their roster. Yeah, there's there's two outcomes for this year for baseball. It's either going to be awesome or a complete disaster. The one thing I'm going to say, which it could I'm really be a disaster. excited about, it could. I think what I'm excited for is, to your point, the season's way too long. I understand why owners historically haven't wanted to shorten the season because there's revenue tied to the games, yep. and why would you want to lose revenue? Like no one's going to give money back. But at the same point, like you can't have that same level of intensity for 162 games. Like. There's no real rule change difference between regular season and postseason baseball, but postseason baseball is actually enjoyable to watch. Like I don't watch regular season baseball. It's absolutely boring to me. And know that I grew up playing baseball. No, it, but I even boring. know people who, you know, are fans of baseball and they're like, it's just it's not the same. Where when you watch a game in October, it's exciting. Like I remember watching the Dodgers National Series and I was like glued to my chair. That was like really, really exciting. And so I think they're if you're baseball, you did so many things poorly leading up to this. Hopefully, they at least take the positive things that come from this shortened season side because I think it could at least make the game a lot more compelling. And people love sports. At the end of the day, people just love sports. They love to be entertained. And that's where baseball has kind of missed the nail on the head is the entertainment factor. And this season, if nothing else, is going to be really entertaining. And my thing is, how are they going to how are the managers going to approach their pitching staff? So where you have teams like the nationals who have uh, Scherzer and Strasburg, who are their two aces, how are they going to pitch them throughout a 60 game season? Because if the rotation only goes, typically it's going to go five. So it's going to go five deep, which means that you're going to get roughly five days off in between each start. So now you're talking about a shortened season where if you get out of the gate and you're, 10 and 20, you're probably done. So every game is going to matter, like every single game. Whereas the first two months or so of baseball, unless you literally win like five games in the first 60, then you're, you can recover. But in this case, you better get off to a hot start now. So do the managers decide to rest their guys a little bit less? But then here, I even think about this. If they rest them, you know, maybe three days as opposed to five, then throughout the course of a 60 game season, then going into the playoffs, 
you've already put a lot of tread on those tires for your aces. Yeah, is I don't know what's going to happen. I think that's why I'm so excited. I mean, you look at the standings from last year and the NL West, obviously the Dodgers ran away with it. They had a great start as well. Started off 41 and 19, but then you look at Colorado was 31 and 29. San Diego was 31 and 29. And then basically halfway through they decided, "Hey, we're going to tank the rest of the season." And then Arizona starts 30 and 30 and ends this season 85 and 77. And so it's like they wouldn't have made the playoffs with the way it was constructed last year. And the World Series champions, Washington Nationals, wouldn't have made the playoffs in 60 games. They were 27-33 and 33 through 60 games, finish at 93-69. and 69. I think for me, the NL East is going to be really interesting because you look at the Phillies, you look at the Braves, you look at well, the Mets with Syndergaard being out, that's going to be kind of tricky. And you look at the Nationals, those are four teams that are all pretty competitive Every game is going to matter when you're playing 60 games, and I think half of the games are division games. You're, you have a series every game. Like I don't know, I don't know how a manager goes. Hey, I'm going to rest you five games. I think you're going to play a guy every four games, and then I know I gave Blake Snell a lot of, you know, grief four or five episodes ago. But then you have a point to make as a pitcher where it's like now I'm pitching every third or fourth game, and. Because you were only playing 60 games, I'm only getting 33% of my salary. So, you know, could it be a scenario like, um, oh, they called him Batman, the Dark Knight for the Mets uh, um, Um, back in uh, the day. Yeah, Harvey. Matt Harvey. Matt Harvey. You know, where it's like he tried to like um, play through it. You know, he obviously had inflammation and then he was never the same after it. And so... I think you. I think have Blake to just, Snell just wants to play video games. Like, I, I, yeah. let's just be honest. Like, I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> committed to like Twitch and online streaming. But can we just talk about the Houston Astros for a second? Like, everybody destroyed them this offseason because Did of they their, look out or what? Probably more than any team ever in the history of sports. Because the one thing they were gonna have to deal with is like going on the road and dealing with those fans. And now there's no fans, so they're the absolute biggest winners in this because. They are more talented than everybody. Like their roster is so stacked, it's unfair. So again, I'm not going to get into the whole cheating aspect of this. No, I hope they win. Like it would honestly be so funny because I'm not a baseball fan. I don't really have a team. I don't have a rooting interest in anybody. So it's like watch the Astros go like 45 and 15, have like an historic 60 game run. And then all they have to worry about is like people having signs outside the arenas while their bus drive in. And then after that, it's just all gold. But do you, if they win it, do you put an asterisk next to their World Series title? But like, if anybody else wins it, they don't get an asterisk. No, I think the asterisk thing is hard, is weird because it's not. I think the season's just so much different. I don't know if it's going to be harder or easier because we haven't seen it happen yet. But for me, the reason you have an asterisk is just because it would be so much different. But at the end of the day, like, if you win a championship, you win a championship, and you're a professional athlete. Your job is to go out there and perform. And so I, I don't think you put an asterisk. It's not like it's a 15-game season. I mean, it's still, it's still 60 games. That's a decent sample size. You just have to, in some regards, baseball more than any other sport like, lets people have days off. Like They'll just say, like, hey, hey Bryce Harper, you know, you've played 10 games straight. Have a day off. Where, like, I'm not – I mean, I am comparing it. You know, my boss doesn't say, hey, man, you've worked for four weeks straight. Take a day off. You know, like, now in baseball, they're not going to be able to do that. You're going to have to play every single game. And and I love Bryce Harper. The hair is absolutely amazing. So that's not a shot. It was just one of the few baseball players I know. It might be some of the greatest hair I've ever seen in my life. Like it is unbelievable. He looks like Fabio. It's just so like when you have hair like that, you can make memes, you can do promotional videos. Just like the 
The opportunities that guy has because of his hair are things I'm never going to experience in my whole life. No shot. I'll never forget the all-time interview that he that he gave during his rookie season where he was in Canada. You a clown and, or what? And what, yeah, is that a clown question, bro? Because the reporter asked him if he because the legal drinking age is like I think 18 in Canada or night. Yeah, I think it's 18. And uh, he said, "Are you going to drink after the game?" He goes, "That's a clown question, bro. It's got to be one of the all-time sound bites." But he has a swagger baseball needs. It, it sucks that like, but they yet they still can't build a they can't build a yeah. league around him. Like I, it would it would be helpful if Trout had a little bit more. Like, cause nobody knows. I feel like Trout, like Trout's, like Trout's the Kawhi Batman. Leonard. He's the Kawhi I feel Leonard. Like, yeah, I feel like he's Batman. The, he like puts on his uniform and goes and does what he can, and then he goes back to his lair, and you never see him again. Like nobody knows what Mike Trout does. Where you have a guy like Bryce Harper, where it's like, if you had more people like him who are just fun and engaging, like figure out a way to promote that. I love Mike Trout so much, except that he's from Philly and he's an Eagles fan, and it drives me crazy. Because I absolutely love every him. game, dude. Sideline, it's always it's, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. Like he, I'm pretty sure he could have played last season when the Eagles were playing with nobody. Like Carson Wentz had JV players from like a local high school. I'm pretty sure Mike. I actually saw a really. I actually saw a really interesting stat on that where it talked about the amount of practice players that he's thrown touchdowns to. And I was going to send it to you, but it was from like an Eagle blog. And so I didn't want to start like some turf war, but I'll share it with you later because it was like the number of players he's thrown touchdowns to are either practice squad players or currently out of the league. It was actually really eye-opening when you look at, he's been fairly consistent for the lack of structure he's had around him. You can always send me Eagles information. It should have ammunition for arguments against Eagle fans. But anyway, this season's going to be really fascinating to watch. I think there's going to be elements to the game we've never experienced, which I'm super excited about. But it's I feel like it's going to hit or it's going to miss. There's not going to really be an in-between. But the sense of urgency is what baseball has lacked, and I feel like that's going to change things in the way that people watch it, the way they feel about it. And so I'm happy for Major League Baseball, but here's what's probably going to happen is next year they'll just go back to normal and doing what they've always done because that's what Major League Baseball does. So there's two legendary video games that we grew up with, and that's Madden and NBA 2K Basketball. And we feel pretty strongly about both of these games. They're phenomenal games. I'm sure the majority of you who are listening to this have played them at one point or another, and you probably have a favorite one. And so I'm a football guy. I love Madden. I used Madden as kind of my film, so to say, and how I would like virtually practice playing quarterback. Because, Did you hear the Russell Wilson thing about that? Where he yeah, said like no, he learned to read a defense off Madden? Off Madden. And so I feel like their lack of innovation though, the last like decade is absolutely, it pisses me off because they've been like, hey, we're going to update the rosters and then just print the game. Like that's it. Like we're not going to update anything. And I, I'm a detail freak. So the fact that you're not putting, you know, giving the option to change your towel, to change your hand warmer, to to have a mouthpiece. How do you not have a mouthpiece? Like even in the PS2 version, you had a pacifier mouthpiece. You don't even have that option. So, and I feel like the the players have looked the same for 10 years. Like it's, there's no change. And the gameplay I feel like has gotten worse because there's no, there's no competitor to them. Like I know we were talking about this prior to the show, but like I remember 2K football, like ESPN 2K football was amazing on PS2. And when EA got the rights to the NFL, they didn't have a competitor, so they could just print the game without thinking of fun new ways to engage the user. Um, and so I feel like from that standpoint, 2K has like surpassed them 
completely. Yeah, I'm going to try not to get like too emotional on this because I'm a huge <laughs> Madden guy. So whenever Madden comes out, I legit go into a really dark place for a two-month stretch. So I'm, I'm playing like anywhere from like six to eight seasons. I normally take like a bottom of the barrel franchise, like the Browns, gut the roster, rebuild, redraft. I'm like downloading different like draft classes. I'm getting on Google and looking up like NFL prospects for 2024 and like loading them into into my like I have a problem like it, it gets dark right but I love the franchise mode I love how like you control the franchise you make all of the decisions but the details are what kills me because like for 2K I play I play the player mode for 2K and I do the franchise mode for Madden right and so the NBA 2K my player is mode so like legendary it's legit, so like you're like you're hanging out with Snoop off the court like Lavar balls in it you're like shooting with LeBron you can wear. 17 different like Jordans, Nikes, Under Armour, all this different uniform. You have a park where you can go like play with players online. And in my coach franchise on Madden, I can either wear a polo shirt or a t-shirt. Like what? Like you can literally load your face on NBA 2K and they'll generate your face. So you're playing with you. Why can't you do that in Madden? It's bad though. It's so, it makes me so mad, dude. Because I love football and I love Madden every year. I cop up 50 bucks for the same freaking game that they've had for the past eight years. But I just love football. But when you look at 2K, it's such a good game. Every year, there's something. Now, is it perfect? No, but you look at the story mode. You look at the detail. You look at the user interface. It's like, it's so good. But they have NBA Live to compete against. And I think you you kind of you nailed it right there with Madden. It's like, why do we need to pay for development and creativity when people love football it's the biggest sport in america all we have to do is change the year on it put a new cover athlete on there i mean we're only getting one cover athlete with madden two games is three we got zion we got kobe we got dame lillard and we get one guy you know the mvp my boy labar jackson on madden that's all we get lamar well here's the question i want to know where you get madden for 50 dollars. do you like hit up the penny saver and like find a coupon. Like I'm pretty sure everybody pays $60 for Madden. So maybe you wait until like, I don't know, it drops in price. And But I, I need to know where you buy Madden for $50. That's an incredible, incredible deal. But I think you're right. I think it's like 60 or 70 now. No, I'm, I pre-order it and I'm at GameStop at like eight, I think it's 8.59. They let you get in line because they open the doors right after they close. So I downloaded that. Have you ever had an altercation row. with anybody waiting in line? No, honestly, like people are pretty sure. I feel like it's more I feel like, like that's the, like a different uh, breed of people that play Madden. I feel like it's more like the uh, like the character games who who you have the altercation with, like the Dungeons and Dragons, like Dynasty ruled. Like I, I'm not even naming any real games, but like those type of games, you know, where it's like very like uh, like interesting folks and, come out of the woodworks during yeah. those. Like so, people will, like I don't like wear a whole like we're not NFL judging, uniform. I'm just I don't wear a whole NFL uniform to pick up Madden, but there's people that dress up like Harry Potter to go pick up a video game. And I mean, at some level, I kind of wish I was like that. It sounds like to be that intimately in love with the game I'm playing, I feel like I'm missing that right now. Yeah, but you dress up as you. So like, I mean, you're essentially the GM. I dress up as a head coach. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You're the GM or the head coach of the worst franchise in football. And like the way that you dress is how you would dress. So it is interesting though. You have... A sleeve tattoo so I want, i'm like i'm waiting for like a head coach to just come out with like two full sleeves and like do the cutoff hoodie like bill and then and then if they rocked a stash that would be a pretty epic head coach i could see like cliff 
what is it kingsbury or yeah, the guy kingsbury. for arizona he's the one guy the one i noticed about him is he shows his ankles so he'll like actually wear like the shorter jogger pants with low socks and shows like his ankles waters. every game oh yeah he's like he's 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 ready to go i think the, the cool thing about that nba 2k has really evolved so well over time they've really listened to like the people that play the game and what their feedback is, where I feel like Madden just doesn't care. Like they literally are just like sitting up in their ivory tower and they're just like, this is what we're going to make and you're going to buy it anyway. It's um, like the James Dolan of video games. It's a hundred percent that thought process. And I look at NBA 2K, it's like, I feel like people care more about VC than actual money in real life. Like they want VC. Like if you give them virtual currency to like, like buy tattoos and buy Jordans and clothes. Like people care about that more than actual money. Like people are so invested I, in their, my player. No, I was talking to my boss about it. Cause it's like, you can like, uh, you can like earn VC, but then you can buy VC. I mean, you got guys literally paying like $300 so they can buy like a pair of virtual Jordans, like the Travis Scott Jordans for their, my player. And they're dropping 45 you know, thousand VC to have sleeves and stuff like that. It's, it, I mean, the engagement level, I would say in that game, that's where 2K, I feel like 2K almost has like a culture around it where you have people that play Madden because they love football, but 2K does a really good job building a community. And then to your point, taking that feedback and really putting it into the game and trying to like um, evolve as the times change. Yeah. So let us know what your favorite game is between the two if you're a 2k fan or if you're an nfl fan so go ahead and hit us up on social media at the dustin and cole podcast and this is going to do it for episode 16 be sure to rate review and subscribe share the podcast with your friends family we so appreciate it and we'll see you guys monday have a happy fourth of july and be safe